Albert A. Wall, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 213 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor and Damon. How's it going, guys? Cold. Colder than it should be this time of year. <laughs> Cold. Yeah. I was just telling Trevor that, like how it's uh, the the other day it was like 30 degrees in the morning and then almost 70 in the afternoon and it's just like wreaking havoc with my sinuses. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been cold, that's for sure. Into my world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, but the problem is that we had like one day where it was like 87 yep. and then to mm-hmm. go back to under freezing. That hurts a little bit. Yeah, you see, we had that in January where we had a week where it felt warm enough that you could get away with, like, not a jacket, just wearing a hoodie. Mm -hmm. And then it dropped down to minus 30. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's it's really brutal when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, this time... Sorry, go ahead. I I was just going to say, yeah, it's like it definitely just, like, changes everything you want to do. Like, I was going to wash the dog, and I was like, oh, no, it's nice. Like, I'll just do it another day. And then it hasn't been nice for, like three weeks it's been nice for like weeks yeah yeah, yeah no i was gonna say it's it's like down here this time of year it's you have some days where you have to have the air conditioning on during the day and then turn the heat on at night yeah you see know? i don't do that like yeah. i don't just do don't that turn every the day? air conditioning on <laughs> that's that's crazy what, what did you say david you don't what i just don't do that like i refuse to do that like it's either heat or cool and i will not make that's the adjustment it. that's it <laughs> so we're just we're living with just being on heat for right now Open windows or closed windows. Those are your options. So, yeah, we don't even have the open window situation because we have plantation shutters everywhere. And, like, it's a pain. So we don't mm-hmm. even bother. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, for me, we, we like we like to sleep in the cold. Like, we, we sleep. I do, too. Know. Yeah. We yeah, have to be cold. Better. Yeah. Like, I think we our, temp, our temperature at night is usually, like, 68. Like, that's our temperature to our go-to. So. Yeah. Yeah. Problem here is we can't shut off the heat because, or like in the winter, even if you want a cooler, you just have to turn the heat down because if the house gets too cold, it can actually cause damage. And oh, yeah, like yeah. Not the heat on, it can get down to, or sorry, it's Celsius. You'll have to do the conversions, but like, like 17 or 16 degrees Celsius is not good for your house. And it's not great to wake up in either. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, we got we got yeah. listener questions, but I will say that I, I'm I'm debating this trip for 2024, nothing to do with Disney, Royal Caribbean cruise versus oh. Disney cruise. So the thing is, the Disney cruises are so expensive. They are, and the problem that I have with the Disney cruises too is like they don't fluctuate a lot in terms of pricing. Like where they don't have deals that often is what you're saying, or they yeah, they and even yeah. like. Like when you book further out, it is a little bit cheaper, but not like ridiculously cheap. Like some of the other cruise lines where like, if they're holding your money for over a year, they're like, oh, well, it's going to be really cheap then. Right. So I'm debating these, this Royal Caribbean cruise is probably a third of the price, but I have not done a Royal Caribbean. I did a carnival um, without my wife, but my wife is like, I don't want to do anything other than a Disney cruise. So I just... It's going to be interesting, but we're trying to do that for 2024 because we're kind of dialed in for 23, right? We have our trip to Florida for swim. We have our Disney trip in June, and then we have a Dollywood trip in August. And I think that's probably going to be it 
for this year, but then the year after my son will graduate, you know, he's got to go to school early for sports. So we're just like, well, maybe we'll do a cruise. So I think, I think we're thinking Royal Caribbean. I'd like to hear what people think that have been on Royal Caribbean versus Disney. And I understand it's not going to be the same, but it's literally like a third of the price, if not cheaper. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that sounds, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I, I would like to go on a cruise. I, I keep seeing cruises for, I mean, uh, commercials for Disney cruises and like well, keep thinking to myself, my daughter would love this. Yeah. And I, and I like, think that's the other yeah. thing too, is like on the Disney cruises, there is a lot of things to do for the younger kids, but I think yeah. as the kids get Holy older, kids. Royal yeah. Caribbean may be, or, you know, Norwegian or something else. The only reason I'm thinking Royal Caribbean is because I want to do the Island that they have. Oh yeah. But yeah. I feel like there's more for the older kids to do. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I know everything's kind of a la carte in terms of doing stuff and food and all that, but we'll, we'll see. I always like to, you know, again, I know people knock on, you know, the fact that I don't always do Disney stuff, but like the whole point is, you know, getting other thoughts on other vacations, you know, makes you, helps you to kind of understand like Disney in general, right? Like I love Disney yeah. cruise and I would say they're the mm-hmm. best. So if you have the money all in, but when you don't have the money or just don't want to spend the money, you know, you got to see what the other options are and then make that comparison to Disney. And I think that's always a good thing as well. I don't think people can, I don't think people can expect us to do only Disney stuff all the time, right? Like we need to do other things. I mean, it is a Disney (laughs) podcast, but I I know, but like like we, you know, we can do other things too. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think as long as we're making that comparison back to Disney, right, it it holds some, you know, information for other people. Yeah. And, and my thought is that, you know, this is a matter of grounding ourselves a little bit because like, to your point, if you're just all Disney all the time, you don't really know if it's better or worse. All Disney all the time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You you don't know if it's, if it's better or worse than anything else. Right. Like you, and and to that end, like, um, you know, we've, we've done trips other places and, and you, you appreciate Disney more when you see what else is out there. That's not to say that other things are worse than Disney, but you you start seeing the differences and you like, there will be places that are better and you'll be like, yeah, you know, I like this better, but then you also kind of see like, like for me, it's amusement parks is like, you know, I go to certain other amusement parks and then I see what Disney does. And it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I appreciate what Disney does. It's not that the other parks are worse. It's just, I appreciate how Disney does it different. Right. So yeah, I I will also although I say this, but like I I follow uh, Doctor Disney on Facebook, mm-hmm. one of the few one of the few Disney Facebook pages I actually follow, and um I saw that Doctor Disney was on like a Royal Caribbean cruise, and I did feel like for a second like, oh my goodness, he's like cheating on Disney, like what is going on? <laughs> like even though like I yeah it's betrayal but well, why don't we know. have dr disney on the podcast that'd be perfect i get that yeah we could do that i think that'd be I'd cool. like to dr. hear the royal caribbean versus versus disney cruise or or our friends over at uh what is that dcl dcl duo yeah dcl duo yeah we haven't talked to them in a while we also we have a friend uh the the dcl um the first dcl person we had on um oh my gosh why am i forgetting his name i feel bad now um we we've had two, at least two different Disney cruise yeah, we, we need a cruise person that's done Royal Caribbean, but seen the new island as well as 
yeah. the Disney stuff. So yeah, let, let's make that happen. All right, we got listener questions out because we're going to try to yeah. get to our our ride, and I have to go early because my son's going back to school from spring break. Well, so. and, and also Trevor's got a little bit of a cold, and so it, we his voice is only going to last so long. So we got to yeah, we yeah. got to keep this right. tight today. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm going to go through these because I I tend to feel like I make these go quicker if I read them and do them. All right, <laughs> sure. so Justin says if you could do a permanent make if you could make a permanent rule for the parks, what would it be and why? Sure, this is easy. No video recording in the parks for YouTube channels, vlogs, or anything like that, unless um, it's some like big place like Good Morning America, and they have Disney approval. Unless they, you're like actual press, like yeah. Well, I don't want. I okay, so I, I still people walking around with uh, a phone attached to a gimbal, and yeah, I mean, independent press is still place. press, right? Like, I don't. I know. guess, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but I feel like you know what they do for a lot of different um, trade shows and stuff like that is they have some sort of baseline, right? So maybe that's what you do. So you say, okay, yeah. well, if you have a million subscribers, sure. If you don't, no, like. There is that. Like, that happens with a lot of trade <laughs> Or they need to just, like, register themselves with Disney somehow. So if they yeah. do pull anything stupid, you know, yeah. Disney can just in the future be like, nah, you're done, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. That that would be that would be my rule. Okay. Mine would be if you get – if you cut in line, you're out. Oh, wow. That's a good one, too. I don't know. I want both of them now. Yeah. <laughs> and and I mean, actually have it be enforced. And what right? if they did it yeah. Squid Game style? Where they had cameras. Whoa. Well, no, no, not not like not getting shot, but like you had cameras, so you could determine if somebody cut in line, yeah. so there'd be proof. Yes, yeah, yeah, that would be the thing. Is that there would have to be evidence of it, and yep. then you An know, eye in the sky. I, I have had I've had like a group of like ten people cut in front of us before, and it was the. Oh yeah, our friend is up there, and there was no friend up there. They well, yeah, yeah. Again, it, it, listen. If somebody's running their kid out to the bathroom, or somebody's running to the bathroom, and there's somebody else in line, and there's only one part, like totally different scenario than it, one person way. moving up is one thing, but when there's a group of like four or five people that come rolling through the line like that, like all of you gone, like that's yeah. just not cool. It'd be very tough to prove. We'd have to have some yeah. sort of eye in the sky, but yeah, because I. I, I do, I had the situation but, happen. Yeah. I had the situation situation happen to me my last trip. My daughter had to go to the bathroom. We were in a long line, and so I had to I had to run out of the line and and then come back in again. But you know, literally the entire time I was like, "Excuse me, sorry, bathroom." Like it was like literally telling everybody what was yeah. going on, so nobody thought I was like you know trying to trying to cut or anything like that. But yeah, that's that's a good one. I like it. Tom, what's your rule? I see my my uh, that was kind of my rule. So <laughs> now I can't. I mean, yeah. Now, now I can. Uh, you know, see, I, I I could go really harsh and say if you're randomly blocking the entrance to the lightning lane, that you're just banned for the parks forever. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that is a yeah, that's a tough one. People do that, and it is. They, they should get Crazy. a timeout. Should get a timeout. And they they sh- like there should be like a timeout corner. Yeah, I don't think that's a ban. Yeah, that could definitely be a timeout. <laughs> yeah, just a timeout. You go to Disney jail for for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why people do that. It is very frustrating. Like, you go up there, you know where you're going. Yeah. Why just stand there? Why are you just standing there blocking blocking the entrance so nobody else can walk in? Like, why why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> oh, man. That one drives me crazier than anything else no. in the world. I swear, like, that one is is the one that, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been known to, like, you know, to, to not yell at people, but, like, get a little oh, testy with oh, people. No, you can't get that frustrated anymore, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, we're, move, we're moving quickly, though. Oh, wait, wait. What's your trick? If you have a trick for it. 
So, so one, be very polite, like Canadian polite, excuse me. And two, put your arms up in the air. Your arms up in the air? Ooh. Yes. People, if, if you put your arms up, like not even like you're waving, just kind of like, like put your arms up. People get like, they think that you have somewhere to be for some reason and they'll actually move out of the way. It's weird. Interesting. I don't, I don't I like understand that. how it works, but put your arms up in the air. And pe- when people notice, they'll get out of your way. I, I like that. I've been watching these tips and tricks from this, um, Texas attorney that's on Instagram that like talks about dealing with people and stuff like that, like all tricks about like you know, winning arguments. And and I, I, I like that sort of stuff. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. I like that. All right. I, I don't even want to read this next one because I feel like it's a whole show. <laughs> this is a tough, this one got right, a, so got I, a I'm real gonna reaction. We're going to skip that one for now. And we're going to okay. do the other easier ones first. Yeah, that's fair. So Nathan says, have you ever considered doing the guaranteed week buy-in? Not really sure about it. No, I no. The two, things change too often f- for me. And, and yeah. yeah, I can't do it. The only way I would consider doing it is that if I knew I had nowhere to be on a, a specific holiday, like I would do it maybe for Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I, things have changed even then, but that would be the only time I would do it. And I wouldn't do it unless my life situation was different. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing I value about DVC the most is the flexibility, right? Like, so to have, to not have that flexibility, I, I don't know. That just wouldn't be worth it to me. Maybe if it was like I knew that I wanted to. I, I know a lot of the people that do like the run Disney events will do the mm-hmm. guaranteed weeks. Yeah, which you know, I could see that makes sense, right? But for me, I just I we never go the same time every year ever. So like, yeah. it just would never work out for us. I mean, my my life I think is probably half as hectic as yours, Damon, and I couldn't like. I'm in the same boat where it's like you don't know what you're doing year to year and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to commit to be you know you know this week I'm always going to be planning a trip to Disney like it just yeah doesn't work yeah yeah that okay. was easier than I thought all right so this one the most so this is from Kevin the most overrated overhyped component of an attraction and why is it the hat box ghost um no oh. Kevin wow no. Ke- Kevin I mean no. come on Ah, sorry this is a huge piece of history in disney and that's why it has the hype around it i agree yeah i like it's not just about the animatronic figure uh, figure right it's it's the the whole history behind it that it was this original thing that was designed and they couldn't figure it out and so they took it out and then it came back again it's just there's a whole cool history to it yep and the movie's doubling down on it so there yeah, that's <laughs> so there. Oh. wait. So, if that's the case, then what are was your most overhyped component of an attraction? Overhyped component. Of How about the coaster portion of Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say the. I mean, is it the Yeti on uh, Everest? No, no, no. The Yeti. Well, because awesome. the Yeti doesn't move anymore. It was overhyped the, because, and it was like no, 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 no. no overhyped it, it is like, yeah, yeah, it broke. Like overhyped well, means yeah. that people think it's really awesome and it's not the yeti was really awesome when it worked when it works yeah but i'm saying it doesn't work anymore so like but that's not what this question is yeah, yeah. it's not asking what the, the thing you missed the most because it's broken it's what's the most overrated overhyped component it's been broken forever okay. <laughs> well not forever i I'm, saw it I'm, I'm digging deep on this you're gonna have to give me a minute oh, gosh i know you're really you're really thinking hard about this I'm going through all. I'm I'm trying to think of something in a in a ride that I just don't 
get excited about the same way that other people do, but I don't know what that is, but I know there's something. Okay. Well, if you, if you think yeah. about it, okay, mid, yeah, we'll come back to it yeah. mid uh, show. Now this one, uh, Patricia, who I, I agree with on this fully thoughts on a minimum requirement of days for a DVC reservation. For example, when there is a moonlight magic date, there is no availability at DVC resorts for that one night before and after that date are wide open. This disrupts members that are going on WDW for vacation. There's a vacation club and one night is not a vacation. Now that's a little, that's a little in there. Like, I don't know if I yeah. would say all that, but I know other timeshare programs have minimum number of consecutive days necessary. Um, does anyone agree? I, I fully agree with this. Like, look, I think that if there's an event going on, especially, right, that you shouldn't be able to go, like, especially a Moonlight Magic. I feel like there, even if you weren't going to do minimum requirements around other things, like, so then the people could still go for their single days here and there. I feel like when you have a Moonlight Magic, yeah, that there shouldn't, there shouldn't be one day reservations just for Moonlight Magic. I'm going to say it. So, I agree with that. So you're saying specifically around Moonlight Magic, they should. I'm going to go with to, that for now. Yeah, create a minimum. So like, you only get to, you only get the 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 uh, the preference of getting in earlier if you have at least a two night stay or something like that. Uh, I'm going to make it at least three, three nights, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's what I that would be my happy medium. I mean, I kind of agree that there shouldn't be one day reservations, but I understand why people want them. But listen, you can't have it all. Right. Like <laughs> Moonlight Magic, there should be some. And I think that would kind of help solve the problem, because that's kind of what people are saying is like, hey, if I want to get a reservation and there so happens to be Moonlight Magic when I want to go. Yeah, that's when there's a problem where if people are taking single days at other times of the year, I also think maybe holidays, you know, Fourth of July, you know, things like that. There shouldn't be, you know, single day stays on, let's say, Fourth of July. Again, my opinion here, but that's how I yeah. feel. So I'm going to go with Moonlight Magic. And holidays, but everything else fine. I, you know, I, I don't know how to feel about this one. Sorry, Trevor, go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's treading that fine line of like blackout dates with the annual passes. Like it's, I I, I agree with you, Damon. But at the same time, if they started doing it, it opens up a floodgate of suddenly there's way more rules and restrictions in place that may like. Yeah, it, like it just, I don't know, because I, I i saw some of the comments on this this uh, question and even uh, Derek chimed in from from DVC resale market that, you know, you know, people who live local, they they okay. don't they don't always, you know, go. But he also has a vested right? interest. So let's just he does. Yeah, but <laughs> to twofold. But, but but I guess, you know, if, if we're specifically talking about Moonlight Magic, yeah, I think maybe maybe you're right for that particular case. But. I think Derek's argument was more that, you know, any time of year he may choose to, you know, take a one day, like a, just okay, to, an sure. Stay. But then he's got to plan right. that outside of moonlight magic and holiday. Right. Then. Yeah. And I think that that's the problem here is that it's specifically these, uh, these extra events that are kind of causing havoc with the system. And sure. yeah. yeah, I mean, is a solution to that just having more of those events and spreading them throughout the year more? I mean, no, no, no. Okay. I don't think no, so. Because then you they, just call, they, you make a more of a problem. Then I, I mean, think you know, so. Yeah, they, they did yeah. that back in like 2019, where there was a whole bunch of Moonlight Magic events, like and it just ten plus you know, events. Yeah, yeah. It, it does get a little too chaotic. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I could see that. I don't know. I just for me, I I understand what Patricia's saying here. I just 
I also like understand the locals in Florida, right? Like they want to use DVC however they can. Like I always think that the strength of the DVC program, like I just said, is flexibility, right? But how so, much are you really taking away from them? You're taking maybe three weeks total out of no, the no. year. I, I'm in agreement with it mm-hmm. if the idea here is that you're just restricting it around Moonlight Magic, right? Like if you're going to say – I feel like you got to get holidays in there, but sure, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, that's that's fine too. I mean I think they – They've already kind of restrict holidays just by making the points so much more during that time, right? Like they already make it more or less attractive that, to stay during. That. I mean, less attractive, but that could cause somebody to want to just do one day instead of three or four. That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because it's so much more expensive points wise. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I but I I don't disagree with the moonlight magic piece because like maybe you just have a minimum stay requirement, but at the same time, I also feel bad for the local DVC people who might not be able to get into that event. Then you know what I mean? Like I feel like they have. But how local a, are they? I mean, there's plenty of local people that yeah. you know live in the state of yeah. Florida that are DVC members, right? Uh, okay, so then, so Even what, what is the good thing way. about Moonlight Magic? Well, especially if you're a local so, and you have an annual pass and you go there all the time, you know, it's something yeah, but, different. It's a special event, right? So, Moonlight what Magic is, is what is that special event? What? What does it really do for you? Like, what? It's so, a freebie. It's free. It's yeah, free access to the park and okay, it's free stuff. Like, yeah. but if you're local. Free stuff. I mean, some popcorn free. and some. Okay, yeah. so let's, let's take that. Yeah. Let's take that out for a second. So, I just think you have more access if you're close anyway. The people that would do one days have more access to the parks in general. No, that's. The, I mean, that's. I don't know. It's just undeniably true. Yeah. So Listen, I mean, I get it because the people that live there. Right, I don't live there. Very difficult for me to say that I wouldn't feel differently if I lived there. So. But from not living there, this is my stance. Well, right. you know, I, go ahead, sorry, Trevor. No, 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 I got nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I, I also see, though, like a lot about people wanting them to restrict, like, you know, people that walk uh, their reservations or it, it's just yeah. it, I think it's I think it's hard for them to really know what somebody's intention is. Right. Like, yeah. because. They they they're never going to know that somebody booked one night because they wanted to you know go to Moonlight Magic like. Well, well hold on a second though. But, <laughs> but they know that because yeah, yeah, you booked one night on that date. You yeah, know, but so maybe you're there for a conference or something, and you book. You know, it just happens to coincide with Moonlight. I mean, there's there's lots of reasons why you might be there besides Moonlight Magic. Not everybody goes to Moonlight Magic, right? So, I mean, for, if, if it's a single day booking. It's, I mean, okay, so, so the 80, odds are, it's 80 more, plus yeah. percent of your scenarios yeah. are they're going to Moonlight Magic. For those for those other scenarios, okay, yeah. Well, then you oh. don't have access to Moonlight Magic. How's yeah. that? Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that doesn't help solve the people that want to no, go No, that want to go, yeah. But it would, maybe that alleviates the issue of, like, if you really want to go, but, you, yeah. you know, again, you just really want to go that day, you just don't have access to Moonlight Magic. What if you start charging a small fee for Moonlight Magic? I don't think that matters. I don't think it could be a you small thing. You don't think that fee. matters? No. Yeah. You don't think that lessens the demand for it? If no. I mean, that hasn't stopped after hours events from happening. Yeah, exactly. You know what? That's a fair point, Trevor, because I was thinking to myself, how much <laughs> would I pay for a Moonlight Magic event? Uh, as much as an after hours event, and Disney do not do that. Don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. Although, that, the, the, that's why we do after hours, though, is it's the same as a Moonlight Magic event. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, we're not going to make the random ride at this point. No, well, we could get there. Yeah, we we'll get there. We get there. Yeah. Okay. All right, we, you guys need to talking. talk about your uh, DVC news, which is the early details on cash rates and room categories for villas at that place that I don't care about. <laughs> I feel like I, I, Damon. I feel like you're the. Uh, I feel like you're the the the, the Lion King meme of uh, you know. 
you see that place over the you know over the horizon there that dark place that's disneyland we never go there um (laughs) that's i feel like that's you um but um yeah no i mean i i was more uh you know interested in the cash rates uh and and the room categories here so i mean these are steep (laughs) they are steep i mean yeah, I, so, uh, so one of these two one of these two person studios is between four fifty and five fifty a night, which is really steep. Um, Standard View Deluxe Studio seven hundred to eight hundred. By the way, this is from DVC News, so we'll we'll attribute it to them. Um, but and then Preferred View Deluxe Studio is an extra hundred dollars, basically eight hundred to nine hundred a night. So there's that. So, <laughs> so the, here here's the ridiculous thing about this um, back. The last time I stayed at um, the Grand Californian was in 2015. So, you know, we're talking eight years ago now. Yeah. I stayed there for $300 a night. Yeah. At Grand Californian. Yeah. Yeah. And th- this is more than double that. What's it going same- for now, though? What's the cash rate of the Grand Yeah, Californian? but but th- that that speaks to the overall problem of like, you know, you know, night or Room stays have more than doubled. Like that's just, it's crazy. Like I don't, this is why I do DVC, I guess, because I would not pay this. Yeah. Well, that's part of what you do, why you do it, right? Like it's, yeah. is you, you're trying to protect yourself from the, the increase of, uh, of, of these cash room rates. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I want to say I'm surprised by these, but to be fair, I don't really know what the room rates are going for at Disneyland right now. So, and you know, the cash room rates. So, you know, to your point, I don't, I don't know if these are on par with other hotels in the area or if this is really that expensive or, or what? I think it really is that expensive. (laughs) There's good neighbor hotels that are still like reasonably cheap and they're like right across the street. Like they're just on the other side of Disneyland. They're not even like, like they're still walking distance. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. this also me- mentions that most of the resorts room, mo- most of the resorts rooms will overlook a pool because one side overlooks the existing monorail pool, while the other two sides overlook the the new pool that they're building. Right. So, um, really, there's not much that it would be standard view here. They're saying basically the only r- only rooms facing to the south, the general direction of Paradise Pier Hotel, would be branded a standard view. So it seems like standard view is probably going to be hard to come by, right? Yeah. So, but, oh, yeah, looking at the Grand Californian, they start at $843. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> for, for, they go and they pool view is $977. So oh, wow. The, I mean, it's more than tripled. Is that right now, though? Because, like, yes. this is spring break time. So that's peak. Well, that's the, yeah, this week. So that's, I, yeah, yeah, that's peak, uh, you know, cost. So, yeah, do you like a random time in like, like Let's hit like October or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the I don't know how the crowd calendar goes in Disneyland, but but I'm I'm sure it still follows. Like spring break is still super busy and holiday. Ooh, it's eight thirty nine in October. Oof, man, that is a lot. (laughs) Okay, pool view is a thousand over a thousand. All right, so this this feels kind of reasonable now. (laughs) No, it doesn't actually. It doesn't still why because Grand California is that much closer because it's in the park and. It, well, yeah, but I, you know, I'm still not paying cash for one of those rooms. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because well, and and the standard, it, the duo studio is only the 450 to 550. The regular studio is 800 to 900, so it it pretty much aligns with the Grand Californian, right? Yeah. And then they also have uh, the one bedroom is 1200 a night, two bedroom 1800 a night, and the Grand Villa is four grand a night. Which you know what, 
for the grand villa it's a big room i mean you know if you if you had a lot of people in there if you filled the whole capacity like think about that let's let's say you had what how many can it sleep 10 or 12 something like that mm-hmm. like not terrible for that nice and big of a room i guess a couple hundred bucks a person per night if you filled that thing up you know not that i would do it i'm just saying <laughs> so i mean if if you had six couples in there it would work out to about six hundred dollars a night. Yeah, yeah. Which you know is is less than the, but the then, studios, but you'd have to have yeah. all those people in there. Yeah, yeah. Then you, then you have to find six other or five other families to travel with. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Or that's just couples. Like, so yeah, if it was kids, then the price actually goes up per yeah. per family. And it, I mean, it's worth noting we still don't have the point charts on this because they still are not selling points and. Yeah, you still can't even book on points, so we won't have those things until then. Um, but you know, yeah. So this says this inter- interestingly, this says room rates at the Disneyland hotel are generally fifteen to twenty percent less than Disney's Grand Californian. So there you go. It says it right in the article about about mm-hmm. the comparison to Grand California, but that's with that's with uh, that's yeah room rates. Yeah, that's not points. So okay, all right. I don't have anything else on this. Do you? Yeah, no, let's, uh, we, we want to get to the ride here before Damon has to go. Before Damon so has to go. Do, do we want to do the ad or do we want to do the ride first? Let's do the ride first and then we'll do our ad. Yeah. All right. Okay. So do, do, <laughs> somebody called me out on the whole wheel spinning thing on the Facebook group. And now I feel. I don't care. Spin the wheel. Yeah, spin the wheel, man. Do it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, this week is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Oh, man. One of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an opening day ride for uh, Animal Kingdom. First of all, we should mention, so the whole idea behind this ride, you know, like Walt Disney wanted to use real animals in the original Jungle Cruise ride, which for a lo- obvious reasons was not possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So that kind of inspired the design of this ride. But I don't know about you guys. I wrote this ride in 1999, you know, right after Animal Kingdom opened. Mm-hmm. And the ride was much different then, right? It had a much, it oh, had yeah. like a, it had a storyline about poachers and you yep. were trying to save an elephant. And there was like the there cast an member. Animatronic the- yeah, there was an animatronic. The cast member in the Jeep was communicating with a, you know, a fake radio person. And then, of course, the bridge that yeah. I, they turned <laughs> off. Oh, man, yeah. I missed that bridge. Um, that was a good bridge. Yeah, so like if you guys if if you don't know about this, if you've ever been on Kilimanjaro Safari, there's a bridge you go over at one point that kind of sometimes the sound effect works, and I feel like and sometimes it doesn't, where it makes a whole bunch of creaking sounds. But it used to be you would go on that bridge and the bridge would like shake, like yeah. like you felt like the bridge was gonna break, like and that that effect broke like forever ago, and they just or they just turned it off. I don't know if it broke or if they just turned it off, but. but I, no. I, yeah, that, I remember that though. Those were the the good old days. Go ahead, Trevor. Was it the vehicle doing it, or was it the bridge? I guess I, I believe never it was the bridge. Out. I believe okay. it was the bridge. Yeah, I, I think it was an actual shaking bridge. Um, yeah. Sorry. So I, I like this ride for a lot of reasons, right? It is a kind of like a pseudo Ellen ride, right? Like you're kind of sure. sitting down, chilling, relaxing. You're not walking at that point. That's definitely a win. You're shaded. <laughs> yep, you're shaded. I think that the current version of it without the shaking bridge and without the story is not that it was scary because it wasn't scary, but like 
anybody can ride this, right? Like, yeah, I think it's a it's a ride for everybody. You're not coming off of it worrying about you know anything that happened during the ride. I think it's educational. I think because it's at Disney. See. I'm, I'm going to ruin this for you in a second, Damon, but continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, it's safe. Yeah. Right. And I think that's one of the big things is that when you go to other um, safaris at different parks, it just doesn't feel as safe, but at the same time as natural, it's a great ride. I mean, I think it's a, it's a win. What were you going to say now, Trevor? So I don't know if you're aware of this, but apparently during the cast previews, there was a dark ending. To oh, safari. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so, a very dark ending. So, yeah. so the safari encountered the corpse of Big Red. She was on the ground symbolizing that the poacher's god who were in the tour group was too late to save the mother elephant. Despite oh, okay. being only a statue, the scene proved too shocking for families and children. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so there, I mean, there was a dark ending to yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like, normally I'm a dark ending sort of person, um, but I'm kind of glad that that didn't happen. That's a little too Bambi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if, like, because I don't know when they removed that piece, but I seem to remember that from when I went in 99, right? Because this this road, this ride opened April 22nd, 1999. I I feel like I was there at 99, and I don't think I've ever seen that. It said this was a cast preview thing, so I think they they did initial (laughs) testing, and then they were like, no, we can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, you're you're right. So maybe it never made it, but I mean, I know they. It was still, I mean, pretty dark with the poachers and like, yep, yeah. yeah. The whole the whole storyline was was very dark. <laughs> but I I re- I used to really enjoy like the little communication that they would do between the two. And like I said, the shaking bridge was always like a highlight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's unfortunate that that kind of stopped. But but I wonder if that was scary to kids. Maybe it's. I mean, I could see that, right? I, d- yeah. I still think it creaks though as you go over it. Like I, I, I yeah, still, it, yeah, it does, but it's it's way different than what it, it is was. Way different. Yeah, because it literally used to like tilt back and forth and like bounce <laughs> up and down and like yeah, you felt like the back wheel was falling off the yeah. Because I, I, I remember it. I, I like when we wrote it in two thousand and three, that was still operating at the time. So yeah, it it felt like like the the vehicle was going to fall off the the track at one point. But I still feel regardless of even some of the things that are taken away. I mean, this is a solid B plus A minus ride. Like, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I think they do it extremely well, especially Mm -hmm. because this was done at other parks. And I think they just, you know, made it a point to be Disney about it and just make it better. Well, because Damon, you grew up. I mean, I grew up with the the drive through safari at a uh, at Great Adventure, where the monkeys used to rip apart yeah. people's um, tops <laughs> of their cars. They'd rip yeah. your cars apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was a, so for those that don't know, right? So there was a drive through safari. It's still there, but I don't think you drive through anymore. I think now they have like a Disney style kind of thing. Okay. But um, yeah, you, so basically, you would drive through the safari yourself, which seems like a bad idea just in general, because like yep. you know you'd be hitting animals and stuff like that. Um, but like basically at the end of the ride, like monkeys would just jump all over your vehicle and would just rip people's cars. Yeah, people that had Cadillacs were, were in Cadillac. for a shock. Yep. Yeah. They would, they would rip that like fabric off the cars. Yep. I also remember too, there were like people, there were like, uh, uh, people at the end of that ride that would just big long metal sticks that were just like knocking off the, 
get the monkeys from your car? Oh, I don't re- remember that, but I'm sure. I mean, I, I was definitely on that ride many times. So. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it a ride, right? It was like yeah. you just drove your own car through. Sorry, Trevor. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, the Disney version is far more safe <laughs> safe for the animals yeah. and safe for the people yeah, yeah. well because think about it you're, what you're doing is you're telling people not to open their windows yeah. how would that go in today's like it just it wouldn't work people would right? just do like, it anyway yeah it worked back there, then because people there would be were tiktoks kinda, of people doing dumb stuff and yeah like hurt. it kind of worked back then because people really didn't you know i don't know I they listen to the general. rules more <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess so yeah they weren't they weren't going for views true yeah. absolutely uh so a couple other things about this ride i think the reason why i love this ride is that it's different every time you go on it you know what yep. i mean like oh yeah because you see different animals like you can go yeah, in the morning what time of day you go just yeah. depending on whenever yeah i agree like the rewritability of this ride even though like you know the different areas you're going into and you know like you you know you know yeah. most of the spiel and and you also do get some variation sometimes with the people that are you know like mm-hmm. just like the jungle cruise sometimes you get like a really good driver that that's like really into it. We had one one time that was like we came to that part where it said like road closed and there's just like a uh, like a like a you know uh, like a uh, why am I think can't think of the word that says road closed and the bridge is missing and it's just like a big ditch there. Yeah. And the, the this guy came on and he goes he goes what do you guys think we maybe we can jump it and he like started to like rev up the engine like he was gonna try to jump it like and I'd never heard anybody do that before and it was really funny. Um, but like, I also know. think the other thing too, Tom, is in terms of that sort of like replayability is like sometimes yeah. there'll be an animal in one of the paths and they have multiple paths Yeah, because of that, right? So that's happened to us a few times or like there's, you know, a truck is stuck up there because of whatever reason and you got to go a different way. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, or, go ahead. Sorry, Trevor. I, I remember like a couple of years ago, like one of the giraffes was giving birth as people were going through. The safari like it, it was kind of a you know they they cleared out the the vehicles after a bit but you know there was a couple of them that got through where it was like oh and to your left a giraffe is giving birth like <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay like like the i mean it's you know they're wild animals and that's gonna happen so um yeah it's it, and to your point that you know it's it's very much a unique ride every time you get on it, regardless of, the, you know, regardless of the driver or anything, you just, you don't know what you're going to see. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I also will say too, you know, that I, I am very fascinated by the, how they built. They, like you said, like you were talking about Damon, like they Disney-fied this, right? So like mm-hmm. there's all these barriers that are separating you from the animals that if you look really hard, you can see. But for the most part, they built all the barriers into the landscape. So like it, it really feels like you're on safari and the animals are close to you. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that they could come by anytime and, and do that. I, I also just like want to mention too. So like it, it's important to note that this is a, uh, the largest attraction at any Disney park by far. This attraction is 110 acres, which is bigger than the entire Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so the entire Magic Kingdom is 107 acres. Literally, the Magic Kingdom would fit into just this ride path, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, Magic Kingdom with those animals everywhere. I mean, that would be a whole different experience. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very much like the first season of Alice in Borderland, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it would. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but before I go, I want to talk about Disney Speedstorm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, sure yes, sure. yeah, yeah. So 
again, right? It's pretty much a Mario Kart ripoff, which is fine because yeah, yeah. there's a bunch of them and some there's of them Fortnite are pretty darn good. To it. Yeah. There's what? Fortnite aspects to it. It's got like seasons and upgrading or getting different cars and skins and stuff. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that I, I'm just really just not that impressed with our first set of characters. Like, first of all, I expect everyone to be playing and racing from the podcast. I mean, that's definitely going to happen, but I'm not the beta. So, yeah. I'll yeah, I'm not. Swing. I'm not really like enthralled by this set of characters. So, you know, the the characters that you're going to start with Mulan, Megara. I don't even know who she is. Who is she? Who is that? Megara. Meg. Is that Meg. who that is from from Hercules? Is that Meg from Hercules? Okay, yeah, Meg. Megara. Jack Sparrow, Donald Duck, Hercules. Beast. Pretty cool. No. Lee Shang, Elizabeth. Who's Elizabeth from? Oh, also from um, the Jack Sparrow universe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Baloo. Like, uh, I mean, Baloo's a good. I would play as Baloo, I feel like. And I then what they have Baloo a bunch of people from Monsters Inc. too, and Goofy. I mean, that's what they're saying. That yeah, there's, yeah. And, and then you're going to have some characters that kind of help you out that are not playable. But gosh, I feel like if you're putting them in the game as skins, like, are they going to be play? I don't know. It just, it seems like a small list and just not the characters. I would have chosen, but, but this is where I was talking about how they're going to play it like Fortnite, where like yeah. future seasons, they're going to keep adding more and more characters. But I don't to love it, that. So. Like dude, yeah. just let me pay $70 for a game and get mostly everybody. <laughs> totally. Yep. Right. I, I, I agree on that level, but I, I also see why they're doing this because it is going to be a free to play game. So they're, they're trying to do the microtransaction. Yeah, no, game. I get it, but I'm just, so who are you playing? I, Ooh. I'd Who be Baloo, I, man. I'd be as Baloo. <laughs> is that what yeah. you're asking? Or you're, you're yeah, that's what I was yeah. asking. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I kind of might be a Baloo. Maybe Goofy, maybe. I'd go the Beast, maybe. The Beast is not the choice. I'm starting with Donald, personally. Yeah, Donald has a good chaotic energy for this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was I the think beta? he's a lighter racer in this one, too. So it kind of lines up. Because I play, like, lighter racers. Oh, and I play medium, so that's why Baloo is tough for me. But I would try that. I just... Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm just I'm not like just enthralled with this list. I'm definitely going to play though. And is it playable? I'm I'm looking on the Nintendo site, but is it playable? Is it across all platforms? I was going to I was wondering if it was cross platform um cuz it's going to be out for sure. PlayStation 4, 5, Switch, Xbox One, Xbox other Series S, X and PC. Yeah, I I, I hope it is. I hope it's playable except those cheating PC people. <laughs> cheating you don't PC cheat people. cheating pc people dude that's all i'm gonna say oh man you're gonna start a gamer war over here <laughs> uh, i mean mods will get you banned in games like that so yeah yeah but there's people get around that dude you're you're good yeah. enough you're getting around them um it's true i still play with a controller on pc so you know i'm not giving myself any advantage i mean i, I have all the platforms so i'm okay with not with them not being platform uh crossover I mean, we'll I'm most likely going to play this on Switch. Like, that's probably I could play it on go. Switch. Yeah, that's yeah. That, th- that's the one thing is if it's not platform crossover, like that's annoying. If like all your friends are on Switch and then yeah, you're on Xbox, right? Like, yeah. I I hope that they've figured that out. Yeah, it doesn't it says cross platform arcade game? I think they're just talking yeah. about yeah. It goes across all the platforms. I don't know if they oh, actually then, mean multiplayer yeah. cross platforms. I don't know. But we should definitely have a podcast like game night or something where we we all play or get on discord i can, do that. I can stream it and people can yeah. watch on discord i would i'd be down for that we should do that once this comes out and then by the way this is coming out april 18th for early access 
how was the beta trevor is the beta good like i mean it's it's a pretty solid racer like if you've played um it it probably plays closer to um the sega all-stars racing if you've if you've ever played that like it, it's faster than Mario actually. kart yeah yeah so so it it definitely like the tracks play faster um but i mean it's it's that pretty solid arcade racing like you get the power-ups and yeah and all that kind of stuff so yeah i mean i i enjoyed it it was uh you know it's it's a good um better better than previous disney platform games that uh like you know sometimes they try and they, they kind of miss this one seems like they actually um had some decent developers working on it so okay yeah. nice nice all right so I want to go back to the Kilimanjaro Safari. We wanted to cover that because Damon was leaving, but I we should read our ad really quick because we're about halfway through the show. So okay. let me go ahead and do that so you can save your voice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Since Damon's gone, I gotta, you know, we, we gotta make sure that you still have a voice so I have somebody to talk to, so I'm not just talking to myself. Uh which you know would be fine if I talk to myself. Uh, I'll I'll type in chat and then nobody can figure out what I'm saying. I'll just I'll just read oh so Trevor's saying this. Like I'll just yeah. I'll just speak for you. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so our sponsor of this episode is DVC Resale Market. DVC Resale Market, a world of DVC companies, the leader in the DVC resale industry with 13 former Disney Vacation Club guides and three former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. If you're thinking of buying DVC, browse the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer your questions. If you're thinking of selling, turn to the friendly professionals at DVC Resale Market, where over 98% of listings sell within 30 days. In 2021, DVC Resale Market helped over 4,400 families join or add on to their memberships. Gotta update that for 2022. <laughs> Go to DVCResaleMarket.com or call 1-844-DVC-PROS. That's 1-844-382-7767. And when you speak to them, be sure to let them know that Welcome Home sent you. Also, please go check out their, you know, the thing they announced last week, which is the uh, the 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 contracts that are eligible for uh, the uh, the transfers. You know, where you can you can swap your contract uh, with a different one. I was looking at it the other day. I didn't see any that met my qualifications yet, but but go check that out. You, that is you, live. You on got the site. some time because because that runs till the end of April, right? So yeah, yeah, till the end of April. I, it's it's funny because uh, somebody on the site mentioned that they called DVC like Monday or DVC resell that monday to ask about it and i guess the person on the phone didn't know about it yet <laughs> because yeah, they well, came- well danny said that it was yeah. it was uh like we i think we were one of the first places to get that information we were um, yeah yeah that was an exclusive to our show uh that was uh, we were the first to announce that one so yeah she said that even that the people within the company didn't know yet that they were doing that so um yeah but anyway just back to Kilimanjaro Safari because I do love this ride, uh, mm-hmm. and I I do really uh, think this is very cool. It's one of those ones that I think is like peak Imagineering, where they like went, they like obviously they took a they made a gigantic thing that they would you know that they would probably never make something this large again. But I I love the fact that it's the animals can roam around right like it's not as it's not a zoo environment like they have a they're not space penned, they're yeah. not penned in and there's actually like animals coexisting together absolutely yeah i i love that they kind of like mimic like their their home environment we tend to go on this at least two three times every single time we're there at least every time we're at animal kingdom mm-hmm. certainly we go on it right Plus, it's always one of those rides that usually doesn't have that long of a line, even if it has like a long wait time listed. Like they move people through this ride like crazy, right? Like it's it's fast. 
I, I've done so many behind the scenes tours here, and like I, you know, just for this particular ride, and, and not for the ride, but for Animal Kingdom in general, like we've you know done behind the scenes tours. And, you know, just to see the way that Disney treats the animals and, like, the state-of-the-art facilities they have and, like, the, you know, meeting some of the keepers and stuff like that is, you know, I, I just have a lot a lot of love for this ride and really for Animal Kingdom as a park. I, I think everybody knows that I've, I've said before that Animal Kingdom is is my favorite park because I, I do think it's, it's peak Imagineer work where they theme that park better than any other park. It's so authentic and just, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I just love it. In general, sorry, go ahead, Trevor. Yeah, I, I I get that, and actually, I was I was going to mention. So I I have a friend that um, he he works at the Smithsonian, which um, they they actually have a fairly large zoo, and they do a lot of um, animal cons- conservation type work there. And even he said, you know, that that Disney comes up from time to time because of the work that Disney's doing for animal conservation. So it's not oh, yeah. just like yeah, you know, Kilimanjaro kind of uh, um, um, is the epitome of of that work. Like, it, it, yeah. I mean, really, it's it's all of Animal Kingdom, but you know, it's it's them, you know, not just being like, hey, you know, we got some animals, come see us. It's you know, they're actually trying to educate and they're trying to improve situations for these animals. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I will also say too, I I did see the trucks going uh, backstage. So we were we had a very early morning uh, tour of the backstage area at Animal Kingdom, and we I saw so the trucks actually come off the track and they just park in a parking lot overnight, like literally just like a regular parking lot, which is a little weird to see, right? Because you're used to these things being on the safari. They are real trucks. They are driven. They are actually driven. Oh, yeah. It's not like the Jungle Cruise where it's you know secretly on a track. Sorry, everybody, from spoiling that for you, but um, and they do only go eight miles per hour. So the funny thing is like seeing them on the road going to the attraction in the morning, we actually got stuck behind it in our tour vehicle because they only go eight miles per hour, the maximum eight miles per hour. And so they go so slowly just trying to get to the, uh, to the actual uh, track. It's just kind of funny to watch. And we, and we had to wait for quite a while because of how long it, uh, you know, how, how slow they are. So <laughs> um, it's also worth noting too, but, you know, that this was a park that was, you know, developed by Joe Rohde, uh, very famous Imagineer, you know, he's the one with all the earrings. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, and it's also one of my favorite Imagineering stories about uh, Animal Kingdom in general, right? About how uh, they had said like an animal park wasn't going to be that exciting. And I, I want to say, was it a lion that I, it was Joe Rohde brought a, I think it was like a lion into a board meeting filled with executives to scare everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite things ever. Do you know about this? I I, I never actually heard this, no. But yeah, uh, me... it, it sounds like something he would do. Yeah. <laughs> he made his point that it was exciting. <laughs> let me let me let me google this really quickly here cuz I Oh no, it was a tiger. It's a tiger. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so basically he said that they uh that the executives didn't think that the uh that the park was going to be exciting enough to people. And so he decided instead of bringing presentation materials, he brought a live tiger into the into the room. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's that's a fun story about that. It's not Kilimanjaro's safari specific. It's more specific to uh, Animal Kingdom as a park. But um, it is one of one of my favorite stories um, about this. So yeah, I mean, 
it, it's the flagship ride. I mean, when we first, when we got, went there in 99, this was one of the only things open. Like there was not a lot of ton of stuff open the open year, opening year, like ride wise, right? Like this was the, the main ride. So, yeah. so I, it is one of those things I remember from that trip really very uh, vividly. So I, like I said, I, I just love this ride. I think it's great. I, I, but, but, oh, that's what I was going to say before. Okay. Is that of all the times that I've gone, I think I've only seen the lions one time. Oh really? Yeah, like they're never there. Like you can never see them. Like they're always hiding or sleeping and you know. We've we've actually seen them like running around, but that's cuz we got on at dusk and that's when they tend to be more active. Yeah, see so. we've never done a nighttime one before. Uh funny enough, we've never done like a a, a well, late night one. Well, you'll never get like like usually the ride closes down at dusk. Is well, yeah, thing. but they like, but, but they started doing can, the nighttime ones uh, like a later night one. Right. They, they did. Yeah. But um, yeah, usually you won't uh, or in my experience, you, you know, you will you'll get those. But the thing is, is that a lot of animals will be asleep at night. So, yeah, you may see like the lines, but nothing else will be up. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why I think I think like either going early in the morning or at dusk is the best times to go on the ride. No, I, I agree with you, and it is t- it does tend to be the thing we would rope drop at Animal Kingdom. That uh, we would go straight to that because, like I mentioned, like you, I the thing I love about it the most is that it's a different ride every single time you go on it. You see different animals. The giraffes get closer or further away from your ride vehicle every time. You know, sometimes you see a rhino, sometimes you don't. Uh, and then I will say one other fun fact that because I, I love you know I love a good fun fact. Um, and this is, you know, this is something we actually talked to a uh, one of the zookeepers about is that every night when they close the attraction, the way that they get the animals back in is that they've trained each and every animal with a different sound that they will play a, a, a recall sound. Yeah, it's a recall sound. It's a sound that they play and that tells the animals to come back. So there are all sorts of different sounds, but each animal has a specific sound and they play that at night, and that tells the animal it's time to go back to their enclosure in the backstage area. And uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, that's actually funny enough that like it's the same concept. On like I've trained my dog with a recall word because yeah. there was when he was a puppy, he got out into the street, and you know there was the panic of chasing him and everything. And then we learned from a trainer. You know, you train your dog to, you know, respond to a particular word. And this is the same concept is that you train the animal to respond to a particular sound. And, you know, they they basically know that when they hear that sound, you know, there's either like food or something really good that's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And that's how they get them back to, to their enclosures when they need to. Exactly. Yeah. But you can do this at home, too. It's not just for Kilimanjaro Safari. That's true. Well, interesting. <laughs> the zookeeper was talking about, they were like, listen, you know, it's it's hard to train wild animals, right? Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't think that they were going to be able to actually do it. And so like for them to be able to do it and, and have that work is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, but also to the, if you haven't done a beside, behind the scenes tour, by the way, like there's some really, really good tours at animal kingdom. Like there's some really great ones. If you're really into animals and you want to like do more of these things. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just, I, I just think it's, it's quintessential Disney this ride. So yeah, it was, it was a good, uh, good random pick, I think for this week for our ride, which, you know, you know, for anyone debating the wheel, the wheel is real. <laughs> the wheel is we real. Do, we we do actually spin a wheel to 
to pick these rides. This was not like us deciding ahead of time. It's a random pick. It's a random pick. That is true. It's true. I swear that I, we really do. We have a, a there's a wheel that exists. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's not lying. Uh, I'm going to circle back around on the overrated ride thing from earlier. Oh, you thought of what? You thought of what? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Peter Pan flying over London. Oh, once you've, wow. once you've seen it once, it's really not like, okay. it's not the, like, I mean, it's an old effect and it works, but that line is way too long for what it is. <laughs> that ride is just too long though. I mean, that, that, that line is just too long because the capacity is so bad on that thing. Right. Like that's really, yeah, but, it, but it's also the hype too. It's, it's people, yeah, yeah. it's people thinking that they have to ride that ride and it's not like, yeah, I, I don't think it, the hype is quite as big as everyone makes it out to be. I agree. I agree. I agree. Oh, anything else? Anything else about Animal Kingdom? Well, the uh, well, this is uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris. Before we go here, no, I, I want to talk about this Tron stuff quickly. Yeah, let's talk about Tron. I know we've talked a lot about Tron, and people are probably Troned out, but you know, Disney kind of just like puts merch. things out in small in small increments. So now we're getting a look at the merch, which I have to say, the merch for this ride is is very cool. Uh, yeah. Overall, like all of it is very cool. Um, so what do you want to highlight? Which one are you like really so, excited about? So, so the, the things that I'm really liking are the the jacket that lights up. Yeah, the jacket that lights and, up is cool. <laughs> and, yeah. and the fact that they have actual identity discs and and the backpack with the Bluetooth speaker built into it. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, like you know, the they didn't have to do any of that and you know they're they're definitely going all in on the tron stuff yeah they they really embraced the, like very much tron. i mean like of course they did but i see i thought you were going to go with the action figure that everybody's talking about the customizable action figure see i don't care about the action figure because it's like i i have i've had enough action figures over the years that i don't need another one sitting on my desk that's fair so for I those mean, that okay oh, yeah. sorry I like I I like them, but if you know if I had the choice, I would be like the, I think the backpack is the thing I'm most interested in because it's got the Bluetooth speaker built into it and everything. Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty cool. The the clothes that glow are cool. Yeah, but I also like like the retro looking uh, shirts and stuff are are really yeah yeah those those are cool. But the thing I was talking about. So if you guys haven't seen this, and I've seen this, this is kind of making its way around the internet, especially amongst like toy people that are really into toys. Uh, so one of the things they're going to do is uh, they're going to have this thing called the Tron Identity Program, which is a a uh, it's going to be a customizable uh, piece of merchandise that you can make. So essentially, you c- it's an action figure that has your face on it. It's got like a tiny like uh, screen on it, basically, right? So like you know you I've talked on the show before about what I did for Christmas, where there's a 3D printed action figure, you know, that's customized to to my my friend's face. This is a little bit different because it's an actual like screen that's inside the head of the of the action figure, and so you'll face your face will go in there, and then you'll also uh, the, they'll have you record different phrases that will also be in the action figure that you can you know like I guess press a button and it will say the different phrases. You can you can have your Tron 
things say there's a snake in my boot. I, it kind of seems like there's <laughs> phrases that they make you say. Um, <laughs> you can't make me say anything. And I'm sure people will hack these things to do whatever they to want. do whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong about that. People do that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. So, um, I mean, this is a really cool action figure. I, I have to say, and, and it's a really neat idea. And you were talking too about the identity chip that you can use to reprogram other merchandise. Yeah, well, it's the identity disc. It's the identity like it's disc. The, the ring. Yeah, they have on their back. Yeah, yeah. So you can use it. I don't know what they mean by that though. To interactive identity discs and re- remote control light cycles. So like, first of all, this remote control light cycle looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, but I don't know what they mean by uh, by identity chip that can be used to reprogram other merchandise. If I had to guess, it's kind of like. Do you remember the wands they had yeah. that could change the color of the ears? Yeah, yeah. Glow- I think it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing because because the identity disc, like it, there's all different colors of of the the discs and everything, right? Like based on the type of programs for those that yeah. haven't watched Tron. Um, so um, I think it's going to be, you know, you can like certain things, like you 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 configure your identity disc so it's unique to you, and then you know whatever things are customizable by it, by it will reflect. You know, if you, if you change the colors to green, your you know the light up apparel will change to green and stuff like that so yeah no that that makes sense that makes sense oh i remember what i was gonna say about kilimanjaro safari (laughs) so one last thing so um i was on that ride one time and i heard somebody say in front of me disney's gotten really good with the animatronics look how real that rhino looks the rhino was walking. <laughs> All right. Like, so there are some people that think that but it's fake. Do you, do you suppose there was some sarcasm in there? No, place? complete seriousness, my friend. <laughs> I, 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 I'm having a hard time believing that. I, that's what it sounded like. If they were being I, serious, I, okay. Because I would say something like that, like, yeah, as like a joke, sarcastically, but yeah. Yeah, but how much, you know, crazy things have you heard random Disney guests say? It's true. That are like, yeah. I mean, it's like, it would it really shock you to hear somebody say that? <laughs> but no, I, I'm telling you, that's somebody said it. And I was like, okay, then. I mean, I get it. I, some people think these things are fake. And like, I, I think Disney, I mean, maybe did the, Disney did this themselves by having very realistic looking, you know, animatronics in some rides, you know? Uh, and, and so you yeah. just assume that everything is fake. I don't know, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, 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 for, for someone to, to think that, or, or actually, you know, I could see, I could see the stretch of somebody believing that they've domesticated a rhino. Yeah. Which like, sure. I can see somebody trying to believe that even though no, like you just, no, <laughs> just, no. um, yeah, but yeah, th- thinking that Kilimanjaro, like, you know, they they had the one animatronic in the ride, which was the baby elephant. Yeah. But, you know, to think that, wow. <laughs> I'm not surprised by anything that, anymore, okay? Just, that, that would just, like, mess up half my day at Animal Kingdom if I heard that. If you heard that. <laughs> like, I, I'd be trying to, like, figure out, like, where that person's head is (laughs) but just i mean remember this though too like you know you it's like always the joke you see from cast members is how many people ask them what time the three o'clock parade is right like you know or why don't they put out the uh put out the thing that blocks out the 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 rain yeah the bubble like why don't they put the bubble up like there are people that really truly believe these things 
So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm not surprised by any of this. <laughs> wow. I will, I, just to go back to Tron for a second, I will mention that the, uh, this, this experience that I'm talking about, the customizable experience is going to be at, a. Uh, Tomorrowland uh light and power company so the that gift shop that's the exit to uh to space mountain uh it's been closed that's been closed yeah and is i think getting a new name that's not the new name is it i think no it's it it, yeah they're changing it i can't remember what the name is now but yeah it's not gonna be light and power anymore yeah it's yeah they did get a new Um, clock on there i don't know i I didn't put that on the list but i don't know did you see if you saw that but they put a new clock out in the front that looks very cool yeah, I, I I did see that. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, um, I was going to mention. Oh, so the, for the um, for these action figures. Yeah, I feel that there's pr- so it's funny. There, I mean, they're calling it the identity program because of identity discs and everything. But there's also the Tron Identity game coming out later this year too. Oh, so that's I feel right. like yeah. they're they're trying to tie it all together, right? So makes sense. Identity that's what Disney's the, good at, right? Yeah. Disney's good at tying all that stuff together. Yeah. So well, there, there's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I did, so Tomorrowland Light and Power is going to be called Tomorrowland Launch Depot now. Okay. So that's what it's the, the new name of it is. <laughs> Stop calling stuff Launch Bay, Launch Deep. Yeah. <laughs> Stop calling stuff Launch. Yeah. I do like the new art, though, that they put on it and the new clock. I don't know if you saw the, the art and the clock, but it's it looks very cool. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you uh, so you can see it. Uh, but... On. Yeah, but it's 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 very Tomorrowland and uh looks looks very cool to me. I like the I like the redesign of it. Yeah, they kind of they brought a little bit of the brass in from uh yeah, Disneyland. Yeah. They didn't overdo it this time, thankfully. Yeah, they they actually were like very careful about it, I feel like. So Tron's now it's, it's a step off from being called Tomorrowland Home Depot. <laughs> Tomorrowland Home Depot. Uh yeah, I guess yeah. I guess you're right. I, I just I don't like the name. That's all. That's fair. I, I you know it's okay. It's understandable. I get it. Um, but yeah, so you know this merch looks pretty cool for Tron. Uh, even even this water bottle looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, it actually because um, it's like an energy yeah cell kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They really did a good job theming it to you know to try. I mean, like they, they it's very. There's nothing out there about any of this stuff. It fits in very well, I guess is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, and, and I mean, for for me, like, like Tron has always been, um, like, you know, when I saw it as a kid, I, you know, that that kind of sparked a lot of my love of technology. And, you know, obviously that's where I went with my career and everything was, you know, into IT and all that. And I just, I love seeing, like, yeah, I, I think that's why I like Tron so much is that it's like, it, it's such a, a crazy dream world of like, imagine if you know, your computer functioned like this, right? Yeah. yeah. And just like all the apparel and everything like, yeah, I just, I, I think, I, I think Disney's on the right track with this stuff. Since we're already talking about Tron, let's, let's skip ahead to the, I, I should have put these in the same section, but uh, another thing that got announced, and, and this is just, by the way, this is just Disney killing time, but basically uh, the grand opening for Tron is April 4th. And since they're not doing the previews anymore, now between March 20th, which if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out is March 20th to April 2nd, which is, you know, a couple days before it opens to the public, they're going to do a soft opening where they're, they're actually, they're going to do, um, you know, they're going to have it be uh, irregular intervals, but it's still going to be, I think, a virtual queue where they're going to call you back for this. But yeah. like I said, Disney, I, I, we talked about this weeks ago, right? 
this is one of those rides that I feel like has been done for a while or close to done for a while that they literally like were slow playing it for a while. And then, and in order to time it with the, the, I mean, you know, listen, originally this was supposed to open in 2020, right? It was supposed to be for the 50th anniversary. Now the 50th anniversary is ending. So instead of having it for the 50th anniversary, they're having it as the 50th anniversary is ending as a new thing to capture your attention and bring in people. Right. But like, in order for them to do that, they and it it seemed like it was done quite a bit earlier, and they just kind of were slowly finishing things up. They now they just have all this extra time. So obviously, and this is actually a good thing in a lot of ways because usually they use this time to like tweak stuff, right? Like if they're having issues with the ride, and like you know, like Rise of Resistance, you know, notoriously broke down a lot and uh, had a lot of issues. It seems like they're opening this with. I mean, I, I haven't seen any problems with even people doing the previews where they said it was it was broken down or anything, or like there was an issue. So, and I mean, I guess part of it is because it's fairly straightforward, right? It's a it's, it's a yeah, roller coaster. It's far less technical yeah. than Rise of the Resistance. Exactly. Yes, Rise of the Resistance is is you know basically there's like a hundred things that can go wrong in Rise of the Resistance, um, but this is more of a straight up roller coaster, so it, it makes it a little bit easier, but. Um, yeah, for me, this is just them killing time until then they open it to the public and, uh, you know, ha- ride that wave of, uh, of popularity that they're going to have right after that. So, yeah, I, I, I think I, it's I think it's also more training time for the cast members. That's true. Yeah, it's like, the, you know, it's giving them a chance to, you know, do bursts of dealing with actual guests and kind of getting used to how everything You're right. There's nothing about the ride technically that needs to be tweaked, but I think this is giving their cast members a chance to really get comfortable with it before the floodgates open, which will be the actual opening day. Well, I mean, but usually they can like iron that stuff out with like, this is a really long soft opening, right? Like of a couple weeks where like, usually it's just like soft opening is like a day or two ahead of time. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to me how this the how they I, how this uh, ended up, but I, I think because it's been delayed for so long. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. I, I think Disney's taking every opportunity to, you know, just like the the thing is, is you're right. You know, most times they'll do a couple of days of soft opening and then go. But how many times in the past have you heard negative stuff about opening day where it's like, oh, you know, cast members didn't know what was going on, or you know, yeah, it was yeah. it was chaotic, and you know, you know, I didn't enjoy opening day because of reason X, right? Whereas this is giving them a chance to, you know, better fine tune this so that when they do have an opening day, like I I think the interesting thing will be if opening day happens and you, you know, all you hear is, you know, yeah, there's cues for it. And, but people are, are more excited about saying that they liked it versus the ride broke down or I didn't get to ride it or anything like that. Like, like they're, they're trying to avoid that, you know, what happened with, uh, with Hagrid's, um, coaster and universal, right? Like that's, I think that yeah. was, you know, even though that was a while ago now, that was kind of the big eye opener for these companies is, you know, opening day does matter and you don't want to create an impression that, you know, the ride is not functioning, whether it's technical or, you know, from a, a, a cast member level, you, you don't want to create a perception that, that they can't run these rides. Right. No, so I, I think Disney is, they're doing everything they can to alleviate that is what I'm getting from it. And and what I've read to the, the loading process for this, because of the nature of the ride vehicles is a little unique and a little mm-hmm. confusing from what I've read, uh, for, for people Get on the bike. You. 
<laughs> well, and they made it super easy too. Like that back restraint that comes down, it's it's from pulling the handles on the front. So like you pull down the handles on the front and the back restraint comes on your back. I think the problem is more that be- because of the way the bikes are situated, like the person that's on the other side of the station, like you have to walk across the state. This is what I've read. Okay. I don't think it's difficult either, Trevor, but somebody was yeah. saying that it was, it, it was a challenging way to get on the ride. And I was like, that seems pretty straightforward to me, but you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I think for me, like I, I haven't even looked at it in that much detail, but I like, and, and you know, anyone, you can laugh at me about this, but I've watched enough Tron that it's like in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, a light cycle. This is how I'm going to get on a light cycle. Like it doesn't. Yeah, you've just imagined this for a while. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it'll be. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it'll be a challenge. Like yeah. I'll be like, oh yeah, you know that this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, to your point though, I'm sure they're going to use this time for more training and you know, yeah, and really trying to and and like I said, this is going to be on a virtual queue, which you know should surprise nobody. This is pretty much part for the course now. Uh, that Disney's going to use these virtual queues when they open new rides. Like that's just what they're going to do. So like, like it or hate it. Just, just, you gotta I, do I think it's way better. I, I, I think it's too. a much better experience than hoping to get on a ride after you've been standing there for five hours. Right. I, like, listen, I a hundred percent agree, Trevor. I, I don't understand why anybody wants to wait online for an entire day and waste an entire day with no guarantee of getting on one ride. Right. Like, why wouldn't you want to do a virtual queue, go do everything else you're going to do and then have them call you when yeah. you're, it's your time. Like I, like I get it. I get the stress of getting into the virtual queue. Like that can be stressful for people and it, 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 it they go by fast and some people don't want to get up early to do these things, but it's like, I'd rather have it taken care of and like guarantee my spot in line, you know, that's, and go do other stuff. That's just oh, how yeah. I, I, that's I, how like, I feel. Yeah. I'm, you know, with the whole like lightning lanes and stuff, I know, you know, paying for them is, you know, not leaving a great taste in people's mouths. But, you know, I do like that, like exactly what you're talking about is, you know, knowing that it's like, oh, you know, either I know I'm getting on it or I know I'm not. And, and you know, understanding, you know, rides break down and everything. But, you know, having that reserved time feels a lot better. And it's also like you said, you know, you know, you can kind of you plan around it instead of, you know, well, it, 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 it's it it's giving that you know choice of well I can stay in the park or I can go do other things versus you know am I going to waste the next five hours yeah standing in a line right like like exactly. it, it takes that choice out entirely like it's 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 like making a reservation at a restaurant or showing up and then being like hey there's a two hour wait uh for for your party uh you want to just sit here and wait for two hours to eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you you can't leave and come back later. We won't hold your spot. Yeah, we won't hold you your have spot. To sit here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, why wouldn't anyone just do the reservation? Like, I I don't know, but I understand the arguments against. I just don't. I don't feel that they're particularly strong arguments in my mind. But I, I feel there's still room for spontaneity. But no, I agree. I agree. I actually think this helps spontaneity, honestly. But because you can still go and do whatever. Like you're not you're not yeah. beholden to this ride. You know, you just. You go do other stuff. So, yeah. yeah and it, and it, it takes it down to, you know, you know, it's an hour of your time at most. Like, cause like, you know, yeah. even when you come back for, you know, getting into some of these rides, it still takes a while versus like it, it's, it's not, you know, I, I wasted 
half of my day for a 30 second ride right like (laughs) well and then it's it's only a minute and a half to two minute ride i'm seeing conflicting things some people have said minute it's like two minutes according to what i've seen it's two i mean yeah it's like it's a roller coaster i don't expect it to be crazy long you don't expect it to be kilimanjaro safari 22 minutes long you know like it's it's that's a roller coaster yeah so Along with this, and I don't think we've actually talked about this, but they uh, are building a little food stand right right by the exit of Tron, which is great. I think it's always good to have more food stands, right? Mm-hmm. And so they actually released the menu for this. So we've got some, uh, it's called Energy Bites. So Spell with a Y. With a Y, of course. Of course, yeah. You got to have a Y, right? So we've got it's some chocolate cake donut holes, which look delicious, by the way. I would eat those. Yep. Um, topped with a mocha sauce. Okay. I'd even do that even though I don't you know, really want mocha. Uh, there's a Joffrey's cold brew coffee. Let's see. They've these, got... got sorry. Uh, these digital dumplings. <laughs> Digi- <laughs> yeah. I mean... They're buffalo chicken dumplings. That actually sounds really good. It sounds delicious. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, chicken. So it's chicken dumplings, oh, okay. blue cheese powder, and cayenne pepper broth. I'm in. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty good. Even though I'm not yeah. a big blue cheese fan, I'd probably. Stay I I love buffalo and blue cheese. Is like <laughs> one of the best things. Yeah. Then they also have a beef and broccoli one too, uh, which is beef oh, dumplings. I'll have to get both. Yeah, broccoli pesto and ginger soy broth. So, really, it's a very interesting choice. I feel like for that ride to do dumplings i don't know why i just feel like it's an odd choice but it i mean they sound good you're just trying to figure out why they chose dumplings i i think i mean again in in the scope of tron like the if you think about how things are were depicted in like the the last movie and stuff like looking at the way they're presenting these this does feel like something you would see in tron like it, like everything was always posed as being very um i don't even know what the right term is for it like um like upscale food okay. right like yeah, it, upscale, it, yeah. It, it was it was always like like you know they were in like a nightclub or they were in like somewhere that you know if if they were eating food in Tron you would imagine that it's like i i can see this okay you're the bigger fan of Tron than I am, so I. <laughs> I, I do like this. Um, the so they Same have thing. this dessert, the strawberry isoform, is what it's called. Yeah, and it, so it says it's uh, the ultimate refreshing treat: strawberry ice cream mochi, graham crackers, and a little bit of cheesecake foam to finish it off. So, <laughs> I do, mean, do okay. You, have you ever had ice cream mochi before? No, I have not. No. So, so mochi is like, it's, I'm aware rice. of it. I've just never had yeah. Yeah. It, it's rice, but it's got ice cream in it. And it's, it's really good. Like yeah. I, mochi is awesome. Um, and then yeah, graham crackers and cheesecake. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it'll, it'll taste like a strawberry cheesecake basically, okay. but it'll be yeah. an ice cream. Yeah. No, that, 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 that sounds pretty good. I also want to say too this drink, uh, watermelon, watermelon. refresher, with yuzu and ginger, that sounds pretty good, man. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, it looks good too. I, I like anything. Well, I love a good I, watermelon beverage. That's that's good. I might be having an impromptu dinner outside of Tron. <laughs> You're just gonna eat all. Just you want to eat all of this? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I won't go anywhere else. I'll just sit down and order one of each of these and 
and just watch 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 the uh watch the vehicles go by as the canopy totally up, right yeah that, that's that's a good mm-hmm. idea actually i'm sure they're gonna have a lot of that of people just getting food there and then trying finding a place to sit and just watching everything go by so yeah uh yeah. <laughs> so that's cool uh so that's enough tron i think for today right um but we do also have to talk about some Epcot stuff. So we got some announcements on the Epcot. Well, it's not even just Epcot, actually. This article is around the parks, right? So Yeah, it's all the updates that are yeah. coming. So one of the big things, we talked uh, about a rumor a couple episodes ago that Maribel would be replacing, uh, would be replacing um, who? What's her name? Uh, Merida. Merida from Brave. <laughs> what's her name? Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. For, for, for all the Merida fans out there. Sorry. Yes, sorry. Mer- Merida's one with the away. red hair uh, and the bow and arrow. Uh, <laughs> but um, so we talked about a rumor that Maribel was going to be replacing Merida, and and that rumor actually turned out to be true. Uh, so Maribel will be uh, meeting guests and causing all kinds of traffic jams in that very uh, tight area, because that is going to be a very popular meet and greet, I would say. Um, and and it's not a great spot for it. It really just isn't. That line is going to go so far up to the castle. Um, but anyway, so they're saying later this, what is it? When is this? Um, greet this fall, this fall they're saying from Arabelle. Okay. Yeah. Very vague. Uh, and then Moana will also be greeting guests at animal kingdom, which is also great. Starting on April 22nd. I can tell you personally that Moana and Maribel are probably my daughter's two favorites and probably would, she'd lose her mind if she met either one of them. Like she would go crazy. Whoa. I mean, she would. It, it's probably on par with her meeting Eeyore and Mickey and all them. Like she would go crazy for them. So, so, so now you know you're going to Epcot and Animal Kingdom on your next trip. Well, we go to all the parks, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yes, but you know where priority. we're going. Yes, you yeah. know we know where we're going. And then you know, for me and for you know, probably for Trevor as well. Later this summer, guests will get the chance to hug longtime Epcot icon Figment at the Imagination Pavilion. Yeah. So fig, the figment meet and greet that they announced last year is finally coming to, to fruition this summer. So excited for this. Yeah, to- that's that's going to be like, like I, I like figment, but I think my wife is a bigger fan, like kind of yeah. like you, like, like she likes really likes figment, like, yeah. like she loves all the merchandise. She loves just the, you know. I, I mean, what he is, right? You know, he's yeah, he's imagination. So absolutely, um, yeah. I, I think this will be like, like it's funny because you know, I don't know about in your house, but in my house, it's like we all kind of have our own favorite characters. Yeah, and this will be like uh, when we go and meet characters, or like when we would in the past, it would like like my wife would like lead in on certain characters because it was like this was her favorite. <laughs> so yeah. I get the feeling it's going to be like me standing there, and my wife's going to be like up at the front. Like, you know, you know, hugging figment and yeah, like pushing me out of the way because you forget know. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, we also got some updates on Epcot, uh, the Epcot transformation. Yeah. And first of all, I'd love this, this art that they have for the, the Communicore hall that they're building. Um, it just looks, it just looks so Epcot and just looks very cool, you know? Um, but so they talked about journey of water. Now they're saying they, they said last year, they said late 2023. Now they're saying fall. So, which is good. It means it means it's, uh, it's, it's speeding along here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they also have this thing about Mickey and friends, which is going to be a part of the new communicore hall. Right. Uh, so 
it's going to uh and these are new renderings that we haven't seen before uh so this character greeting place is going to be called mickey and friends of course you're going to be able to meet mickey mouse and some of those other friends much like you could before right like yeah the, the, there was that spot in the yeah. character spot in where is it interventions east i think yeah. it was yeah, yeah. And then Communicore Hall is going to be uh, an exhibition space that they're going to change with each festival through the year, uh, which I love that they're kind of getting back to this with Epcot because they used to do, you know, they used to have all those different exhibitions inside, you know, the buildings and like uh, it, it just was cool. Right. Like and they would change them up fairly often. And and then that kind of fell by the wayside towards the end. Right. But now in, you know, like interventions and stuff like that, they used to have all those cool exhibits. And so now they're kind of, in a way, bringing that back. But they're doing, um, you know, they're going to have, like, festival stuff here. So, like, they, in this concept art, they show, uh, like, an example of the Festival of the Arts. And there's, like, a big figment statue. And there's, like, it looks like that some interactive. That so cool. That statue is really cool. If they're, yeah. if they're not going to make that, they should. <laughs> it, 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 they can't do that. Like, you know, you can't put out a rendering like that. No. And then not have it like, not actually build the statue <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with you man i i they i would think they should but i mean it looks like there's going to be interactive stuff in here and you know they're going to have i mean it's yeah. obviously going to change out as the different festivals go around so but but kind of back to how interventions was too where like you yeah. had just things to do right like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't attractions per se but it was yeah you know interactive exhibits and all that kind of stuff Absolutely. Yeah. And th- that's why I'm glad that they're getting back to that in this, these newly designed spaces. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't just take that out. Like, I, I think yeah. they realized that, you know, there was value in it. And even though Interventions kind of was not maintained well towards the end, um, I mean, it was not great. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're trying to bring it back. And it looks like in a more, um, stay or not stable, but, um, a way that they can, you know, keep things there and then change them out without having to do it under the premise of like new technology or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. it's just kind of whatever they're doing at the time. It right? doesn't have to be like the latest and greatest technology or like, yeah, it's, it's more of like, yeah, this is focused on art and they have these cool art exhibits and, you know, I'm sure they'll do some different things when you have, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, flower garden festival and food and wine. I'm sure they can, so it seems like a very flexible space where they can do a lot of different things with it. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's really cool. And like you said, I mean, intervention interventions towards the end, it was almost like a ghost town. It was like, you know, it was like half of it was empty. Like the stuff that was there wasn't working very well. You know, the building itself wasn't in great shape. So it, it was trapped in the early two thousands. It really was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember when I I went in. I want to say it was like two thousand six or seven around that time. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I went on a Segway was there, right? Like they were, they were, yeah. when Segways like first came out, they were doing a whole thing at interventions where you could ride a Segway around like this little course that they had set up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We did that too. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And so like, that was the kind of stuff they used to do. And then it just kind of fell by the wayside. Like it just didn't, you know, there was like a, um, I forget who sponsored it, but there was like a painting one that they had for a little while. Uh, that was kind of cool. It was like Crayolas. I, I don't know. Maybe it, I don't know if it was Crayola. It was. I think it was a paint company. I want to say it was like Sherwin Williams or something, where you could like paint stuff on on like the wall. But it was like virtually, you know. Right. Um. But like, there just wasn't enough of that anymore. You know. I just I just remember there was a room where they d- were doing like audio, or they were showing like audio equipment off, and they had like 
rumble things built into the seats and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they also had the, the, they had the roller coaster simulator thing for the longest yeah. time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff that they had in there. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they're not getting back to exactly this, but I, I want to see what they do with it. Like, yeah. I, I think it, like you said, you know, it's a flexible space. I'm, I'm curious to see how, what kind of stuff they're going to bring to it because the, there really is no limit at this point Agreed. to what they can do. Agreed. So then the other thing they mentioned in this article is commemorating the hundredth anniversary of the, uh, of Disney world uh, not Disney world. I'm sorry. Of the Walt Disney company. Uh, and the way they're going to do that at Disney world is one of the things they're going to do is this new show that they're going to bring to the world showcase lagoon. Now the description of this right now is super vague and we just have one piece of concept art. And so I'm sure there's a lot more to it than what we're seeing right here, but yeah, a new nighttime spectacular will debut at Epcot later this year, inviting everyone around the, around the world showcase for a show that will unite us through commonalities of the heart in a dazzling display of fireworks, lasers, music, and light. It's, I mean, that's pretty vague. <laughs> yeah. And, and the way that this is being presented, it looks like there's like a huge fireworks display around spaceship earth, which we know is not going to be the case. But yeah, that's true, actually, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also the positioning the of this is actually um it's looking towards it's as if you're looking from the main gate towards yeah. Spaceship Earth, which I get the feeling a lot of the stuff is like when they finish up the uh the central area that's been under construction forever, I think that's where a lot of this is gonna happen. Or that's that's my feeling, is that they're kind of leading up to there's gonna be something that not just the the sh- the world showcase lagoon but also that like whole center area that leads up to um spaceship earth yeah is all going to be like it, it's all going to be a single show which is kind of crazy if you think about it like just like you, i think you could be like almost anywhere in that that central lane i call it a lane i don't know what like there there's like a throughway that yeah, yeah. goes from world showcase back up to spaceship earth I feel like you could be anywhere in there and you'll, you'll get an amazing show from what they're kind of alluding to with this. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's kind of like what happily ever after is now, right? Because they have the yeah. projections on main street, right? So like you can see the projections that are on the castle, but also if you're standing on main street, watching it, you get the the music, you get the fireworks, and then you get different projections that are going on down main street, right? Like they're doing this thing now where you can like see these shows from anywhere. I, you know, I think they're being, intentionally vague here right because i i still think that there's probably a lot that they're still designing right like this is not a mm-hmm. finalized concept um and it it definitely looks like a much like it doesn't look like there's a centralized barge here you know what i mean like like illuminations had the, the big world barge that they would bring out every day this concept art is kind of just showing some fountains and stuff like that almost like world of color is where the fountains are just there all day right like they're just built into the lagoon you know uh- I don't even think this is going to be in the world showcase. I think it's going to be because remember they had that fountain in like right in front of uh, oh, no, Spaceship this is, Earth. It's saying it's world. Sh- it should be. It says World Showcase Lagoon. Yeah, but I, I think I think they'll incorporate both of them. But it, like I said, I don't. I, I don't know if they're going to put in a whole bunch of fountains in the lagoon because then they can't really run the boats. Like I mean, I, I guess they could try to run them around them. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, Trevor. It's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they said inviting everyone to gather around World Showcase Lagoon for a show that will unite us. So like, I'm assuming the main show is taking place in the lagoon. Um, but I don't know. 
I mean, you know, we'll have to see. And I mean, there's no mention of drones here. The big, you know, rumor has been that this is going to be a drone show too. So no mention of I think that. People need to let go of the whole drone thing. <laughs> oh, you don't think it's going to happen? I, I, I don't think it's feasible. The like everyone wants to think that Florida weather's stable enough for it. I don't think it is. It's too it's too windy. I think at times, right? I mean, the, the wind I think is probably the biggest problem. Um, yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, right? What this ends up being. Obviously, they're still designing it and still working on it, so we're not going to know anything for a while. So, uh, I think the rest of the stuff in here, I don't think we need to mention. I, I'd rather move on to other stuff. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, the other the other stuff that we have is Disneyland, uh, and so and you know I put these on here specifically for you, Trevor. But uh, <laughs> so first off, uh, Indiana Jones Adventure is reopening or reopened. When was it? Just reopened, right? Like this last week. I, yeah, it just opened this yeah. past week. Yeah, and um, it's funny because I I read the article that this is referencing uh, in the Orange County Register, and they had mentioned that they changed nothing in the ride that they just updated things, but then they had to retract that article because Imagineering came out and said, no, 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 we did change stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, good. Trevor. The, so, so what it actually says is per the register, Imagineering plussed up the ride with two new digital effects scenes to demonstrate the power of Mara, the antagonist deity in the temple, of the forbidden eye at the center story unfolding in the tr- attraction. So yeah, the, so the, there's a, like, Mara is pretty early on in the ride and I know the room they're talking about and there was already a lot of effects going on in that room. So I'm wondering what they've done to further improve that. Like they're saying there's like spirits and stuff and more electric energy. Like there there's already electricity going through the room, but it sounds like they've, yeah. they've improved the effects to, you know, probably more on the level of like tower of terror or actually maybe even bigger than that. Cause like tower of terror, the, the electrical effect is pretty impressive in there. Yeah. I, so there's, um, I watched a video of what they changed. There's, there's some videos out there. Um, okay. I don't know if you're, if you're, I know you're usually spoiler averse, but I don't know if this one, uh, if this one bothers you, <laughs> I, I'd still rather see it myself. Like, yeah, Fair enough. I, I, I don't need to see the effects now of the next time I go to Disneyland. I will say they look very cool. They they do look very cool. Uh, yep. The the and given you know I have not been on this ride, so I don't know what the originals look like, right? But um, I will say the ones that are there do look very cool. Um, and and you know it's a lot of that projection mapping stuff that they they've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. But you know it definitely adds I think a lot to uh, to, to to the actual effect. It, it looks like I said it looks very cool. I mean what the the thing is is. You know, you've you've seen this, and you've you've been on dinosaur. Yeah. Um, if if you rode this ride, you would understand why dinosaur. Oh no, I get it. I I, I get it. I don't think that dinosaur is like the pinnacle of uh, <laughs> of, of of Disney Imagineering. I I like dinosaur, but yeah, no, I've I've watched ride throughs of Indiana Jones before, and and yes, it is definitely the far superior ride. I would, yeah, and I would, it's gotten even better. So yeah, now know. it's even better, right? <laughs> no, it's not, Animal Kingdom needs to step up. They need to get it together. I mean, it kind of seems like, by the way, because like Josh Giamaro's out here saying that that uh, that Tron was just the tip of the iceberg, and Bob Iger's talking about investing heavily in the park. So I feel like we're going to see some uh, big announcements really soon here. 
of some things that because you know they have yeah. projects that are just like have been sitting there that they're just waiting to get the go ahead for you know so if if they're going to get funding to do this stuff then you know i'm assuming that they're going to be able to release some of it soon you know yeah i think i think you know these little tweaks and stuff you know obviously it's they're good stop caps and it's good that they're you know putting some love back into the existing rides but uh yeah like you said i'm i'm really curious to see what they're going to do next beyond you know, just doing these small improvements, right? Well, it's, Iger gets it, right? So like, Iger's like, yeah. listen, we have huge demand right now. We could raise prices. We could we could uh, further reduce the amount of people coming into the park, but we don't want to do either one of those things. He said we'd rather uh, just in, uh, increase the capacity, you know, just by building more things, building more rides. Yeah. So what Damon wants. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's what we all want, right? It's building new things, like you build more capacity, right? Yeah, don't 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 take away the current stuff. Just make more, <laughs> build more things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, the last thing, last but not least, yeah, yeah. So so Pete is getting his own meet and greet in Toontown in Disneyland. Good for Pete. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm happy for Pete. You know, he's he he's sometimes misunderstood and. and I mean, you he know, is kind of the villain in like half the the Mickey stuff. Like most- he's the antagonist. He's not always villainous in what he's doing. A lot of times, he's just being dumb. Yeah, um, being dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he he really is. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, cool that they're doing that because uh, you know Pete. It, it's funny because he's always. Um, and I think this is, you know, maybe a bit of a credit to uh, uh, Jim Cummings, who does the voice for Pete. Yeah. Is, you, you know, you know, he he's very good at coming across very, um, you know, mean and gruff and, and, you know, antagonistic. But then, you know, from time to time, the, you know, the character, you know, you, you kind of see where, you know, he's just misunderstood or he, he wants to, you know, it, it's it's almost like he he harasses Mickey because he doesn't know how to. Be his friend. friend. (laughs) He just wants to be accepted by the, by Mickey and his friends and he just can't be. (laughs) Yeah. And so he just does these dumb things and, and gets himself in trouble. But I, I think it's cool that, uh, you you know, that they're, they're kind of bridging that gap of, you know, you know, having the villains as a meet and greet, you know, you know, we've talked about this many times, you know, you know, having like a villain land or something like that. Um, but you know, just giving people the option to see a character like Pete. And, and I think it's also good because, you know, the the, um, the cast members who get to be friends with these characters, you know, it gives them some different interactions that you wouldn't see with like Mickey and Donald and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. I Yeah, no, I think it's cool. I would definitely do a picture with with Pete. Yeah, I totally. Think. Yeah. Anything else? Um, no, I think that's, I want to do one more thing before we wrap up. If we don't have anything on the topics we have, I forgot to put this on the list. I just want to mention. So, uh, the, the sad news uh, uh, for those that are imagineering nerds out there, like myself, the, the very sad news that Raleigh Crump died. Oh, yes. Uh, very, very famous imagineer. If you like anything enchanted Tiki room or even haunted mansion, uh, Adventureland, all of those kinds of areas were designed by Raleigh Crump. Um, you know, the, he was really responsible for a lot of the really cool designs of the haunted mansion. 
Uh, a lot of them didn't make it into it, right? But like he he worked on a lot of the really crazy stuff for uh, for the haunted mansion. But he also the the whole aesthetic basically of the enchanted tiki room is basically all Raleigh Crumb, right? Yeah. So like if you're an enchanted tiki room fan, like that's this this is a guy that that did it, and you know he also. You know, he was he was a very interesting guy. He he was outspoken when, you know, the when they would design bad things, he would really uh, you know, say some interesting things there. But he left the company uh in the in the 70s, came back, um, and then um then came back and worked on Epcot. Um he apparently also had a hand in uh designing um in designing um Figment. So he he was a part of that as well. He did some early uh work on um on, on magic kingdom at, at disney world and of course small world i think is one of his biggest uh, impacts right so he designed it's small world and and was responsible yeah, he, yeah go ahead, sorry he worked alongside mary blair yeah on that yeah she, was, she did all the like costume designs and everything and he was doing all the mechanical implementation yeah and and he also designed the large clock outside the you know the outside the uh the, the ride at, at disneyland so that yeah. whole clock was all raleigh crumb so definitely a legendary imagineer and uh you know really really interesting guy and and also he you know he did work for other places too he's got a he designed a dark ride at knott's berry farms he's you know he he designed the i talked about epcot he did the land and wonders of life pavilion at disney at uh, epcot um so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff that he worked on he was very you know talented guy he was obviously he was one of those guys that was an animator first and then got into uh imagineering in the in the 50s uh, so, you know, really, really interesting guy, but, um, but yeah, so very sad that he died at, at age 93. I mean, he was an older guy, obviously, but he, he had a very, you know, <laughs> fulfilling life. I he think. did for sure. And, and yeah, you, you know, to your point, you know, if anybody's interested, you know, you know, recommend you there's, there's been lots of, you know, interviews and stuff with him over the years, um, you know, or like in various places like i know there's even like I, I wish we had a chance to like interview an imagineer like him oh, at some yeah, point i know true. other yeah podcasts have gone to do that but you know it was good to go back and kind of like I, i've gone back and listened to some of the interviews with him and stuff and yes yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to get you know hear his thoughts and insights on on some of the stuff that he designed right because you like you said you don't really think about it. you kind of like you kind of you forget that you know Disney didn't just have, or he wasn't just like inventing all the stuff himself. Like he had vision and he yeah. was, he was, you know, giving people the the vision of what he wanted. But Raleigh was one of those guys that was executing that vision, which is, you yeah. know, translating somebody's idea into real world is, you know, that that's a very unique skill set that he had. So. Yeah, it's it's worth noting too. He was an animator on Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty, and One Hundred and One Dalmatians. So he was also, you know, an animator too. Um, but interestingly, if like you read into his background too, he was very close with Walt Disney himself, and and would say that uh, there were in fact people at Disney that thought that um, that he favored that they, he was that Raleigh Crump was his was his favorite, and uh, because he would and Raleigh says you know he did favor me in a lot of ways because. I used to just tell him like it is, you know, like he, he would be very honest. Like if he thought something was bad, he would tell him it was bad. Whereas like, you know, most people, if you read about their relationship with Walt Disney, they were kind of scared of him, you know, like yeah. they were kind of scared to tell him something was bad. Um, Raleigh was not. <laughs> so he would tell them things were bad and, it's, and apparently Walt it's respected good. quite a bit. So, yeah, but it's good that he was able to, because, you know, in a lot of cases, if you didn't, if somebody didn't say no at the right time, 
yeah. things don't always turn out the way that they were supposed to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and if you do want to see him, if you haven't watched the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, he is he is featured in there in, in that uh, in that documentary, so you can see him uh, speaking about uh, many things in that documentary. So. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I forgot to put it on the rundown, but I, I did just with something that happened this week that uh, you know, people that follow Imagineering like I do, I that that really uh that was a bummer. So Yeah. All right, but let's get wrapped up here. Ho- hopefully it uh leaves, you know, or, or you know, the legacy will be carried on by you know, we we have some some good imagineers coming up, it looks like. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, as usual, if you guys want to reach out to us, um, you can always find us at welcome home podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love getting listener questions and, you know, sharing your own trip reports and stuff like that. So, uh, keep it coming. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook as welcome home podcast, uh, same on YouTube and on Instagram as welcome home picks. Um, YouTube and Instagram are great places for when we go on trips um, you can see, you know, we'll, we'll post videos or we'll post stuff on Instagram. And also when we do our live shows, you can, you can catch recaps of those on YouTube. Um, also on Facebook, um, check out our group, the welcome home Disney waitlist, which, um, is a great place to chat with other listeners of the show and, um, you know, just, um, get in on, on what other people are talking about to listen to the show. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're interested, um, you know, I, I would highly recommend it because we have a great group in there of uh, experts in different areas that uh, all love having good Disney conversation. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to store.welcomehomepodcast.com and check out some of our different merchandise there that, uh, um, you know, we, we've got T-shirts and mugs and stuff that, uh, um, you know, you know su- supporting us through there just helps us continue to produce the show. Um, same thing with Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash welcome home pod and uh, look at the different levels of Patreon support we have, which has exclusive merchandise that you can't get on the store. And uh, Patreon supporters also get access to the Discord server, which um, is yet another place that we love talking with our listeners. Last but not least, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a five star review. It does help more people find the show. And on iTunes, especially if uh, you want to leave us a review, we'd love to see that. Um, I don't know if we have any. I do. I have a new one. I got a new one for this week. So this one is from Susie. Thank you for writing in Susie. And it says quieter car rides. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I've been listening for a few years now and absolutely love you guys. Thank you, Susie. That's very sweet. Uh, I can never get enough Disney. The show has a great balance with hearing all three opinions on topics each week. Love the new ride review segment too. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you like that. By the way, that was Damon's idea. I just want to throw that out there. That was yep. Damon's idea. It may seem like I was like, oh, we got to talk more Disney rides. This was all Damon. So just going to throw it out there. Uh, yeah. my, but my favorite genres of, of podcasts are true crime and Disney, which gives me an idea for a new podcast. <laughs> Disney true crimes. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so see, there, there's a weird Venn diagram there that I don't know I want to see. <laughs> I'm sure there's some we could find, right? Like, there's got to be some sort of Disney true crime. Anyway, um, and since my five-year-old son makes the 30-minute car ride to school with me each day now, Disney it is. We love to spend our car rides listening to you and discussing all things Disney. Thank you for your awesome podcast. Thank you so much, Susie. What a very nice review. It was very sweet. But I I also, we're going to start Disney true crime uh, podcast just so we can get, we can, like you said, we can get the the Venn diagram there, right? Like, we get those people in the middle that like both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Anyway. (laughs) 
Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any podcast app out there. Just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. And as such, all opinions we express on the show are our own. So please consult your DVC representative for more information about you know anything we talked about today or talk to a regular Disney cast member. Whoever you want to talk to, just make sure you talk to Disney. Don't listen to us. We... Uh, you know, just say things sometimes. Uh, a huge thank you to our sponsor of this episode, DVC Resale Market. Please go check out their site for the, the, their new uh, feature where you can, you know, swap your contracts really easily. Uh, and, you know, of course, World of DVC for continuing to support this show over the years. Uh, so please check them out for all your DVC related needs. Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Avon, the voice of the jungle. Signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. When we hit a chair, how she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.